name is Maddie. And I'm Hannah. We are Murder Mystery Bookworms and aspiring amateur sleuths. We are reading partners in crime and over the last year we have gone on 16 book-based adventures. Now we want to investigate a real-life case using advice from Murder Mystery authors with the help of our feline sidekicks, Hercule and Hastings. We will review a book, find sleuthing tips and hopefully solve the case. Welcome to the unsolved case of the missing salmon. The book club for amateur sleuths. Hi, Mandy. <laughs> Hi, how are you? I'm okay. I know that you're in a bit of a cheeky mood today. <laughs> We're recording our Christmas episode today. Yes, we are. We've decided to mark the Christmas episode by each getting a, a little Christmas tipple. Yeah. What is your tipple of choice? My tipple of choice is a classic, I think. And it's just a standard Baileys. Ah, uh, have you got it on, on the rocks, Bailey? I have got it on the rocks, yeah. If you can hear, listen closely, you might hear some ice. No, not really. But I have recently found out, so one of our friends, and she says she often has it as Baileys with milk, which I think, I don't think I like that. No, that too sounds too milky. <laughs> I mean, I think with Baileys, Baileys was actually my tipple of choice when I was revising for my finals so I would go to the library during the day and then as soon as the library closed head to the bar little shot of Baileys Baileys on the rocks and um yeah that was my all year round or no 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 just just for like revision time so in the summer yeah Wow, I just don't see, I just see it as a really unusual summer drink. I think because it's it would get hot, like in the warm, it wouldn't be very nice. Yeah, no, that's why that's why I asked you if, if you had had it on the rocks. I, I think Bailey's has to be ice cold. Yeah, it's so good. I also really would like this year to get some of the flavored ones. Oh Mint. no! Oh, that sounds what? no. Oh, I thought you'd be really into that. No, because Bailey's is so sweet anyway, isn't it? Okay. So just, I guess it's a departure from a classic, but I'm, I guess I'm flexible. Mm. Whereas, whereas maybe you're not. I think don't mess, don't mess with the classic. Don't mess. Okay, tell me about yours then. Okay, well, first of all, I will put, <laughs> I will put a photo up. I've got an incredible tiny glass that's got a sort of engraved flower on it and gold rim it's beautiful uh, which I inherited from from my nan I've got a collection of them and in it I have got a little port you look so much more sophisticated than I do I've got (laughs) huge baileys (laughs) got this tiny little little thimble it's beautiful Yeah. yeah will you have any cheese with it no no I'm just gonna have it you know straight up Straight up, you wild thing. <laughs> Straight up port, yeah. I've got no link, <laughs> no, no smooth link to mystery. But obviously, we I did say to you that I watched a film that I thought we should discuss. Yes. So I watched recently Knives Out. Wow. Such a film. What a film. Such a film. I can't believe you hadn't watched it already. And not because... It's everywhere, although it was there was a phase where it seemed to be advertised a lot, but, but I'm surprised that I never said to you, you should watch it. Well, there's a lot of backstory to that, because you said, you should watch it, you'll love it. And I was like, okay, I'll watch it. But I really wanted to watch it 
with my dad. Oh, I see. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Because obviously he's a former chucklehead, insight into what is a classic murder mystery film. Could have used it as an opportunity to take notes on our case. Yeah, I didn't do that, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you think? I thought it was excellent. I have to say that initially... I wasn't sure because I thought, is it a bit weird that this is clearly like an homage to Agatha Christie, but it's set in America? I hadn't hadn't clocked that. But within, I would say, the first five minutes, I was I just think there's so much to love about it. Like, plot aside, so we have, for listeners, we have discussed that we won't reveal the ending. We thought that would spoil it for anybody who would like to like to watch it. But I think aside from the plot, which is obviously brilliant, and it's be- I think it's beautifully shot. It's beautifully shot, and there's all of the. It's like a big old classic rambling house full of yep. creepy statues and knives of all kinds. Chilling, isn't it? And it's got a real like star-studded cast. Yeah. I just think, yeah, yeah. The, the, it has the thing that we've talked about before, which I can never think of a good short descriptor for, of not a locked room, but everybody's stuck in that scenario. It's got to be one of the people that's in the house. Yeah, yeah, so it's not a locked room, but it's a, yeah, it's a limited, a limited number. What's people. the name? What's a good name for that? Situational murder? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was quite surprised by Daniel Craig. I'm pleased you said that. Go on. He was the lead detective called Benoit Blanc, which I think had to be (laughs) sort of a play on Hercule Poirot. And I was just thinking, is he going to be able to carry it off? But he was just great. It felt like he was having a marvellous time throughout. Yes, they are all having a ball, aren't they, when they're filming? Yeah, I think you're right. Daniel definitely had had a great a great time doing it yeah and I think that you could tell it was written by someone who is a huge Agatha Christie fan because all of the elements of a classic classic eggs were there and I did like as well that it was about the murder of a murder mystery novelist I know just an an extra layer of joy an extra layer of of intrigue having watched multiple murder mystery based things with you I can imagine you watching it leaning forward in your chair props excited yeah well what we actually did is because it's it's quite a long film it's two hours so we paused it after an hour (laughs) to have some food but also just to swap notes oh you did a bit of a debrief yeah oh very nice did any of your notes um match up to the ending Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I I have to say I was shocked. Me too. Oh, by the God. end, I was shocked by the end. So my theory <laughs> was that it was going to turn out that the uh, murder mystery novelist hadn't actually been killed, and it was all a ruse that he'd he'd sort of created to punish his awful family. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I was, for quite a long time in the movie, I was convinced that he was just going to sort of pop out and go, surprise! I'm not really dead. Yeah. I think that did cross my mind when I watched it. There were a few things that I definitely overly doubted because you know you have this kind of sense of like oh, I will not be fooled by your red herrings and then just turns out it was like a normal feature of the plot <laughs> yeah but I think that without giving the ending away as mentioned my favorite thing about the whole film is that you're kind of left with a message of like human kindness always wins which is really nice yeah it feel yeah. quite warm and fuzzy do the book so as we mentioned this is our christmas episode the book that we will be discussing today is the christmas egg a seasonal mystery by mary kelly why did you pick this book right well my reason for picking this book is very simple i picked it for the title that's it boom bish bash bosh bish bash bosh the christmas egg I immediately was like, yes, I want to read that. Tell me more about the Christmas egg. It's got the bonus of being a female author. Yes, it has. Yeah, who I hadn't actually heard of before. I hadn't heard of Mary Kelly. So the Christmas egg is set in London and the action takes place from the 22nd of December through to Christmas Day. And... It begins with the discovery of an old woman on a bed who turns out to be Princess Olga Karukian, who is a basically escaped from Russia during the revolution. And not only has she been killed, but her trunk that was full of treasures is empty. Da da da! So Chief Inspector Brett Nightingale and Sergeant Beddoes set out to find out who killed Princess Olga and where is the treasure? Indeed. Yeah, yes, that's a good summary, I'd say. Thank you. Thank you. I would have struggled with that. So you definitely, definitely sort of took the hit. For the team took off the team what are what were your initial thoughts i thought it was wonderful i have <laughs> to say that i think it has one of the strongest opening paragraphs of oh. any of the murder mysteries that we have read so it basically describes princess olga karakan lying on her back in her bed a narrow iron contraption with a hard mattress and then it goes on to say she'd been used to lying in a carved bed inlaid with mother of pearl between silk sheets changed daily i mean her like former princess wild Russia life sounded incredible and then the inquisitive fly crept into her ear she did not stir she did not feel it for she was dead she's dead she's already dead yeah I liked that straight in straight in no messing no messing I did spend quite a lot of time thinking about how luxurious (laughs) it would be to have silk sheets that were changed daily (laughs) see now I actually don't know if I'd like that I have a friend really? who does indeed have silk sheets. Oh. I have slept in them before. And I found it really I found it really difficult 
because you just slip out. <laughs> you just slip out all the time. And in the morning, <laughs> you only to roll out. It feels really, it just doesn't feel as dignified as you'd think. Oh. They look, they look elegant. Yeah, they put, yeah. So maybe it's, yeah, looks rather than practicality. But I mean, after the strong start, I just thought that it got better and better it was was so much action they were like rushing around London going hither and tither (laughs) it was non-stop absolutely non-stop I I don't think I really knew what was happening sometimes (laughs) but it's actually one of the few books because we've had that a few times with our reads it's one of the few books where that didn't bother me I wasn't sort of like I don't know what's happening this is really annoying it's just quite quite joyful to be part of the part of the team yeah it was wasn't it but the language oh (laughs) the language was just amazing I just (laughs) loved it all a personal favorite for me was boil me boil me (laughs) and also they didn't say that just once they said it again and again (laughs) I'm assuming it sort of means like well, throw me down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Piffling, another excellent one. Piffling, I don't, I didn't like that one. This is the first time I've ever come to one of these with highlighted. Uh, oh. So there was just so much to love. Okay, what else did you highlight? Let's see if we had. Similar oh, thoughts. I've got pages, pages of them. Oh, I have really? to, I have to make some, But I'll give you some. I'll give you a little, a little selection. Run around seeing some knob doesn't bruise his backside. Boil me first. <laughs> that is a wonderful, wonderful <laughs> phrase. Um, I'd just like to throw in a bit cheesed. <laughs> As in like a bit grumpy. I'm a bit cheesed. I, I use a bit cheesed sometimes. I use cheesed off. But cheese, bit cheese on its own though, I think is another level. I like triple cloth head. <laughs> I knew you'd like that one. It reminded me a little bit of chuckle head, which we've obviously had before yeah yeah oh as if you were some fat partridge <laughs> i had stop this unutterable bird seed <laughs> <laughs> me, too. me too oh there's just so much to love uh, i also liked this i may have had a tap on the loaf but it's not hollow up there yet <laughs> uh... <laughs> um I, I like this one because i'm from kent Everybody knows Kent. Apples, cherries, hops and women. That's all we've got. Yeah. <laughs> it's our entire... <laughs> yeah. I was actually going to ask you, do you feel that is an accurate reflection of Kent's delight? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've had all of those things in Kent and I am a woman. So, oh. yeah, why not? There you go. Very hoppy. Very hoppy. I think, I think perhaps, though, my all-time favorite phrase in the book was I wafted out a description <laughs> I love that wafted out a description amazing See, that's like I really um sort of undenied about it what I wafted, <laughs> I wafted out well yeah like I took ages to because a waft is sort of a slow <laughs> movement isn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, I just I I like it because I have only ever really thought of the word waft in terms of breaking wind. <laughs> 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 That's 
I can see you being like, how do I say fart? Can I? <laughs> My favourite, I think, was simply flim flam. Flim flam. Simply I- flim flam. It's just really pleasing to say it as well. Flim flam. Haven't we had flim flam before? I don't know. Mm-hmm. If we have, I've missed it. But oh. deserve an extra shout. I'd also like to say mm. there's an uh, there's potential here for us to use your favourite website. <gasps> oh, I was hoping you'd say that. So, oh. um, as listeners will know, one of my favourite websites <laughs> is the National Archives Currency Converter. It's a classic, which tells you how much money from the past is worth now. Okay, what's it in relation to? So it's in relation to this brooch thing that he buys. So he's buying this cameo for his wife. I do think he made a somewhat poor judgment choice here because he goes to this, what seems like a sort of bric-a-brac shop and suspects the proprietor of being involved in the crime but then still goes ahead and buys something from him because he's forgotten to buy his wife a Christmas present and his wife has broken her cameo. So he's like, oh, I'll get one here. No bigs, which is fine. But then basically what it turns out is, so this guy charges him 15, one, five pounds for the cameo. And then later on, the rather attractive young lady from the shop turns up at his house because he's left a glove and says uh, also by the way I don't know why this happened but he charged you 35 pounds less than he should have done and I thought I bet Hannah will want to think about how much money that's worth today okay so first of all should we do how much we think the cameo brooch should have been at full price so yeah 50 pounds 50 pounds okay and what I was going to say is when is this set it's set in like 1950 isn't it uh yeah the Christmas egg was originally published in 1958 Okay, so shall I do it for 19... But it felt like it was just after the war to me, so we're talking about bomb damage. Yeah. 1950? I'm going to do Let's it for Let's go for 1950. 1950. Why not? Okay, so I am... Okay, so £50 in 1950. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Oh, it's quite a bit. Do you want to have a little guess? Um, is it? Does it have the same breakdown as last time? It's like cows, horses and wages. Yeah, it it does, but I can tell you that there are no hat. You couldn't buy a horse or a cow. You couldn't even buy a horse with it. No, 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 because horses in 1950 be pretty expensive. Like gold dust, two thousand pounds. Oh, not far off. So one thousand five hundred and sixty pounds forty three pence. But that's quite a lot. It's a lot. That would have been thirty five days work for skills. A skilled tradesman. So I guess 35 days, well, maybe a, a bit less for a chief inspector, police officer. Well, yeah, but he doesn't pay that. He pays 15. Yeah. So, I mean, 15 is going to be a fraction of that, isn't it? A fraction. So he still pays quite a bit then. 15 quid. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't yeah. really sort of try and question it. He's just like, well, I guess I've made the mistake. So yeah, but this would make sense because he's still a bit like reluctant writing the check, isn't he? So yeah. the check is for four hundred and sixty-eight pounds. That's quite a lot of money. It's quite a lot of money for a Christmas present, I'd say. I mean, I guess this is a good comparison for by today's standards. 
very, Mike, my partner, is very into like cooking, anything to do with the kitchen, really. And then I thought, oh, he's really, he's really excited about the possibility of this KitchenAid. Maybe I'll look it up and get a, one for <gasps> Christmas. Well, that would have been a bad choice if I had, because they're about four hundred pounds. Yeah, they're really expensive. Not they're really it. expensive. Yeah. Not not as in he's not worth it, <laughs> but <laughs> four hundred quid's like a holiday. Yeah. Easy. True that, true that. I didn't get one of those. I'm sort of getting a sense from you already, but um, what did you think of the Christmas <laughs> egg? <laughs> I, I loved it. I, I have questions about the elements of the plot. Okay. One thing that I did find really funny and confusing was that they, Mike, okay, I have a question really, is what what point did they learn about this helicopter? So basically, <laughs> they decide that they're going to go <laughs> to Richborough, which I have been to, it's obviously a part of Kent, but I went there on my year 11 GCSE history trip. <laughs> I uh, still fact there, I yeah. There. I ran up and down the battlements, it's pretty exciting when you're 15. <laughs> They decide that they're going to go there because somebody whose name is Pink gives them a tip off that there's going to be a helicopter there with some sort of kind of criminal ruffians. But other than that, I I didn't know who Pink was. He's written with an accent, which always confuses and amuses me. And then they just were like, all right, off we go then. Let's go and get this helicopter. Yeah. So my, my impression was that Pink was an informer. So it's yeah. part of their net, part of their network, and I do wonder that the Christmas egg is actually the third in the series of oh. of books with Chief Inspector Nightingale and Sergeant Beddoes. Okay, that does explain some of their kind of, I don't know, just excessive familiarity with people that they didn't introduce at all. They'd just be like, oh yeah, you know, this person's called for you, or. You know, oh, I'm just going to quickly pop over to this guy's house and ask him some questions, <laughs> but then you don't actually know who he is. Yeah, I, I, I did actually enjoy that element. I just enjoyed that we were supposed to know who all these different people were. Chaotic, wasn't it? Enjoy. It was chaotic. At what point did you think that the Christmas egg was Fabergé? Because pretty early on, I was like, "It's a Fabergé egg." Yeah, like I'd, say, I'd say in the first like fifty pages. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because there's a whole, because there's obviously the treasure, but I think even by the title, I was like, well, the egg's important. And then somebody mentions Fabergé and you think, well, I can't, it's got to be, hasn't it? Yeah. But, I, but yeah. what I, I found funny is that that's one of the kind of main reveals of the end. It's like, oh, it was a Fabergé egg. Well, yeah, I know. That's the last, no, no, that's no, the last no. bit. Yeah, because they do talk about Fabergé a lot. They do. Um, but I actually went on the Fabergé website. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> and I would really recommend going on to it because it is <laughs> so strange. The prices are just wild. Well, I was going to say, I want so, to, I'd like to know how much they cost. I mean, you know how on websites you get the sort of the price ranges. Yeah. I mean, on this, it starts at six grand. Goes for an up egg. to like no for 50 grand that's not even for an egg that's for like other items that they're selling i'd love to know when fabergé 
like what's what what was their marketing to be like because there's nothing glamorous about an egg well wait until you see okay these are the four season eggs i mean yeah they're yeah so they're just completely completely ridiculous what do you do they, what would you do with it well you just look at it but you couldn't even look at it because they're worth so much money that you would have to keep them in a safe i have seen once a video of like an advertising campaign for fabergé and it's just it's just a picture of one of the eggs on like a velvet cushion just just rotating if that's all you've got to do for your marketing campaign (laughs) yeah okay so this here is talking about the fabergé pearl egg so it's got a unique grey pearl, which is 12.17 carats. <laughs> it took 20 highly skilled workmasters who covered it with 139 five fine white pearls, 3,305 diamonds. Oh, my God. I mean, it's just... I mean, wild. that is... <sighs> But I mean, that's that's why the Christmas egg is a big deal. Well, yeah, that's true. She's, a, I guess, she is a princess, isn't she? Yeah. You know, when when I was a child, I was quite we were quite as a family into sort of just you know role play. One of the things we liked to play the most was shop. But mum and dad would be the customers, and my dad yeah. was called Mister Crackenthorpe. And my mum, he assigned her the character of Lady Olga Sliding Door. That's her full name. And that's what Princess Olga reminds me of. Oh, and Crackenthorpe. I'm yeah. not sure I've heard that. In... Crackenthorpe. I think it was in a Miss Marple. Oh, really? Yeah. My uh, murder mystery roots began because I would have only been about... Yeah. Four. Yeah, so it, the Crackenthorpe family are in... It's the 450 from Paddington. Oh, it's one of my faves. One of, yeah. Well, that's very strange. Maybe that's uh, it was a foreshadowing. A foreshadowing. I love the genre. Indeed. Back to the Hello, book. Back to the book. Back to the book. Something that I did <laughs> enjoy was the fact that <laughs> Chief Inspector uh, Brett Nightingale is also an opera singer. Yes. Was, <laughs> <laughs> little crossover. He was actually like casually trying on <laughs> his very flamboyant opera costume. I wanted a representation of that outfit because it was a lot there was a lot going on on the outfit yeah had like ruffles (laughs) kinds of things and then he's like oh yeah no worries i'll drop you back at the station in my outfit (laughs) yeah i love that and also as well that when they there's, there's one point where they get stuck in the snow and they're just trudging through the snow and he just starts quoting virgin yeah and he's really annoyed with her because she doesn't she doesn't know the latin when she's like oh because he says like demons what do you think demons means and then she says "Mm," because he's corrected her a few times by this point she doesn't want to say demons so she says oh i don't know month and he's like oh obviously it's to do with the mind (laughs) is it (laughs) (laughs) it felt like she had a total like a total ball writing it yeah, and I mean, this might be um, the point at which I share some of the introduction about Mary Kelly. And it was fascinating because she basically wrote 10 books over a span of 18 years. 
And then she didn't publish another novel after 1974, but she lived until 2017. What was she doing that whole time? Maybe she had a Fabergé egg to keep her, a Fabergé nest egg to keep her going. <laughs> Maybe, but I feel that the tone is a bit like, because they say, oh, she published a mere 10 books over a span of 18 years. I'd be very delighted with 10 books. Yeah, I was like, well, over the span of, you know, 33 years, I have published zero yeah, books. Yeah, I've got no books. <laughs> Don't judge. <laughs> yeah, but I think it was felt, you know, people wanted more because she did actually win the Crime Writers Association Gold Dagger, oh. the best crime of the year, with one of her other books called The Spoilt Kill. But she apparently described the Nightingale books as sins of my youth oh don't be down on yourself mary yeah they're joyful i think they're joyful but the thing that i discovered that made me go oh was that she was a teacher of latin and english at the convent of the handmaids of the sacred heart of jesus in beckenham and I was born and grew up in Beckenham. Well, there you go. So there you go. I've got a connection a with... A link there. Oh, I also did a little investigation about picture on the front. Of You've the done British... loads of homework this week. Oh, haven't I? Haven't yeah. I for the Christmas episode? Yes, the picture for the British Library Crime Classics paperback is a biscuit advert that they've ad- adapted and it's actually called Huntley and Palmer's the first name you think of in biscuits <laughs> Huntley and Palmer's but I obviously had never heard of Huntley it, and Palmer's it really isn't but I went on their website <laughs> and the thing that they're famous for that they've been um making since the 1930s Christmas mini eggs <laughs> Oh, I wish that was the case. Aww. They make ch- tiny chocolate Fabergé eggs. <laughs> so good, isn't it? <laughs> oh no! Well, now what I, I have to say is, it's poor by comparison. Oh, sorry. No, they, ma- they make these biscuits called chocolate Olivers, based on a 1930s recipe. Um, but I was thinking that perhaps we could put a tin of those yes we could in, in the old murder mystery bundle that we're giving away for christmas <laughs> that's so cockney in the, <laughs> old... the old murder mystery bundle the old bundle uh, the old bundle <laughs> toraloo that was another word i liked oh, oh, yeah. i'm so I've, I've i've laughed too much actually i'm quite sweaty <laughs> Do you ever get that? I'm, I'm feeling really hot. Okay, do you want to do a bit of scoring? Let's do, do a bit of scores. Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm a bit, oh, I feel a bit, to know, I've given the same score a few times of late. <gasps> really? Have I? I don't know. Have you got the remember. blue book? No, of course I haven't. I get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never had the blue book. I know, that's what I love about it. Of course I haven't. <laughs> Despite all of your prep as well. Okay. Okay, so on three. Yeah. One, two, three. Oh, oh. We've, got, we've got a split that is an unusual split. That is unusual. I'd say that's so, more unusual than us agreeing. Yeah. So Maddie, Maddie has given an eight, but I've given a nine. That is a coup. A Christmas coup. A 
Christmas cake. Okay, so what's our sentence going to be? Oh, it's got to have the word festive in there. Festive frolic. Oh, okay. Well, I see where you're going. Oh. I quite wanted to have an egg pump. I feel that you've already decided. It's all, it feels like a foregone conclusion. <laughs> we could put okay. festive, but, but can we also put like, could we, okay. Eggs, could we you put, want excellent, don't you? No, I was thinking extravaganza. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. Extravaganza. Festive extravaganza. Because okay. then we both, yeah. it's a compromise. Yeah, okay. Festive egg. Yep. A festive egg trav. You have to have tra- this egg extravaganza. Oh, extravaganza. Yeah. Okay, nice. E- festive egg extravaganza. Oh, yeah. Extravaganza. I was doing extravaganza like mm-hmm. propaganda. <laughs> what else do we want to say? With, with like something about the language. With excellent <laughs> <laughs> language. Too, no, too many eggs. Too many There's only eggs. one Christmas egg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's just put that. With a flim flam. <laughs> delightful language. <laughs> well, we've got, we've got a festive extravaganza with a flim flam of delightful language. And um, operatic policeman. Yeah, <laughs> singing policeman. Yeah. Uh, or maybe singing chucklehead yes okay lovely yeah little reference to another little throwback little throwback little throwback so what can we learn for our own investigation from the christmas egg i've got one okay go on okay so at one point they're talking about how princess olga has like a secret door knock code that people have to do yeah Yeah. so I was just thinking little tip there if in the future one of us is in a room interviewing slash interrogating a witness secret some kind of secret secret code I love that yeah but a knock a knock yeah not like four one two eight yeah okay yeah yeah so I thought I thought maybe that oh I've got another one yeah it could be because obviously in this they do get an informer to to ring up with some details about you know what's going to happen to tip them off so maybe I need to get one you know, get, an, get an informer now uh do you think that that is an informer who you've sort of decided is cleared their name is cleared from the investigation, but you therefore want them to inform about this particular case or that they're just going to inform f- future potential crimes. Uh, or a crime, is it? Mysteries. Well, I yeah. It's too late for us to get an informant for this case, I think. No, 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 it's not because someone might have some information that they're <laughs> they're only going to reveal if we give them a sweetener. <laughs> I don't know. Perhaps a chocolate Fabergé egg, <laughs> <laughs> which we do not have. No, it doesn't exist. No. Okay, yeah. yeah. If there's any listeners who would like to be said informer, the problem is, is that I think we've learned, and by we I mean you that quite a lot of people would love that but they're not qualified (laughs) Mm. 
Yeah, exactly. A lot of people have ruled themselves out. Yeah. Well, I think that's, you know, two helpful things. You and I will create a secret doorknock code in wait. case we ever need it. Can we can we take it a step further? I know this isn't a learning from the case, but I've always wanted a secret handshake. Uh, okay, yeah. I'll, I'll do one. We can make one up. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We, we might not be able to to do the handshake until well into 2021 well, until until we can do it properly we could we could practice it over zoom okay yeah cool great yeah um and secondly try to get an informer yeah okay, okay. brilliant boom boom you have to pause you right there can you hear that can you hear it yeah, yeah. So we're gonna have to pause because Hastings and Hercule are possibly fighting in the background. Hold on. So just for listeners at the moment, Maddie to run off to investigate the sound of one or both of the cats yowling. And I think I may have also heard what sounded possibly like a furball being coughed up, but I'm sure she'll come back and report on what's happening with Hastings and or her kill. Oh, he's not happy. <laughs> right, back to recording. Wow, that was, that was intense. Was, was it a furball? No, he was having a he was having a, a, a standoff with the cat, a local cat. Oh, yeah. So he's sort of we've called this cat Invader Cat because he comes into our <laughs> garden and he sits on the window ledge outside and just stares in into the bedroom when the door when the window's closed and just freaks them out. But the window was open, so they were like just yowling at each other. Oh, yeah, just going like that kind of stuff. <laughs> Quite tense, wasn't it? Sorry. Yeah. So, on case notes today, I actually have an informer who's agreed to speak about some intel that they've gained on the case, which is obviously the case of the missing salmon. So thank you very much for agreeing to collect this information and also to share it with us today. I'd just like to say I wonder if you can guarantee my uh, I'm anonymous because I didn't really... <laughs> Let the person I interviewed know about this. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. So we will protect your anonymity. And just to tell listeners that we have changed the voice of the informer to ensure yes. that their anonymity is preserved. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I actually got the in intel in a very um, relaxed environment whilst the <laughs> informant was very relaxed and as they were eating. So I, I put it into the conversation. This um, person, who I shall call Martin, had received a gift from somebody that runs the podcast of a, of a game. 
Now, so this game led very nicely into the discussion of the podcast because it was a game about sleuthing. Okay, a, so, sleuthing, a sleuthing game. A sleuthing game. So I said, oh, yeah, very interesting, blah, blah, blah. And they also told me they were watching Sherlock. So ah. the, the scene was set. <laughs> nice. You know, it was chilled, so it was good. So I, I asked, have you, you know, interesting, have you listened to the podcast? And they said, no, no, they've never listened to the podcast and they felt they should. So okay. they haven't been influenced by any, anything. I'm just looking at my notes. So then I said, well, you know, it's a bit, you do know what it's about, don't you? I said, yeah, it's about a salmon that went missing at the wedding. I said, yeah. I said, it's very weird that, that that happened. And they told me, they said, yeah, they said they definitely didn't eat the salmon because they were too pissed <laughs> to eat the salmon. Okay. So I said, Okay, so then I was able to introduce their colleague, friend, friend more, who who was another of our suspects, and they said he was also too pissed to eat said salmon. Now, this is where it gets a bit tricky, because I wasn't entirely clear about the timing of the salmon disappearing. Okay. You know, in the time of the day. And I did say, oh, you know, I didn't notice that you were actually, you weren't drunk all the time. And they said, no, they weren't drunk earlier because they were the MC and they were really, really behaving themselves. Mm, mm. So there was a, a window where maybe the being drunk thing didn't work. Oh, no, I think actually, in fairness, in terms of the timing, I think that would fit because the salmon meant, went missing around 16.30 and okay. we had finished, all of the speeches had finished at that point. Okay. There would have been time for this person to have got drunk, I think. So that okay. aspect yeah. of their story, I think, does fit with the facts yes, as case. Yes. Okay, is that, is that the key information that you got? Did did they mention seeing salmon or...? No, 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 because then I asked, what food did you eat? Oh, good question. Excellent. And they said they ate a lot and they enjoyed it all, as did their colleague, but they mainly ate hog. Okay, so they were a hog person. So, you know, I'm sorry, it's maybe it's not that helpful. No, I think it is helpful because it, that does eliminate two suspects in the case which is very helpful at this stage mm, yes okay well thank you very much for uh, letting me share this information and if i can do any more secret interviews for you just let me know um i'd just like to ask about the reward you're in the market for a sweetener i certainly am oh uh, well we'll see what we can do so we do want to obviously reward loyal informers yeah we might we might be able to arrange a little something for you Okay, and perhaps I could just do some more informal getting intel for you and then see how you go with the sweeteners, yeah? Yeah, yeah, we can we can reassess this information relationship. <laughs> Thank you for joining for this episode of the Unsolved Case of the Missing Salmon. 
next week it's our end of year shamozzle where we'll be sharing our top three murder mystery reads of 2020 and importantly revealing the winner of our exclusive murder mystery bundle if you want to get ahead of the game then our first read of 2021 will be Death in Focus by Anne Perry, which is available on hive.co.uk if you'd like to support your independent bookseller. We hope that you will join us again soon, but in the meantime, subscribe, rate and review. You can get in touch with us through Instagram, we are at Missing Salmon Case, or send us an email to missingsalmoncase at gmail.com. In the meantime, keep sleuthing, Miss Amie.